Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Right, all right. Good evening. It, as we record, it is a Tuesday evening. Uh, but by the time you see this, it'll be good morning. Happy Wednesday morning, hump day. Uh, welcome into the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Joining me is Mr. Birthday Boy himself, celebrated his birthday in Athens, future head coach of the Tift County Blue Devils. I'm, I'm going to make it happen for you. It's, it's Israel Troop Band. What's up? Yeah, speak it into existence, baby. You just never know what might happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're the man. You're the man for the job, man. If you get, especially if you get two rings, they can't deny you at that point. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, there's three. Got three of those bad boys. Well, two of them is a coordinator. That's true. That is true. Two of them is a coordinator. I the 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 other one was as an assistant, which I mean, it's just as important. But when you're looking at head coaching candidacy. Um, those two as a coordinator will, will carry quite quite a bit. It's very there. true. You know, we live in this land of quote unquote proven, you know, coaches these days. So whatever whatever that means to to whoever that that means it to. So. Yeah, it only helps. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with it because I think your merits are your merits and your knowledge is your knowledge and how you deal with people is really what this thing's all about. Absolutely. Um, you know, you can know all the you can know all the scheme in in the world, but. If you can't relate to people, then it doesn't really matter. There you go. There you go. So, I think you're the right man for the job. Um, unfortunately, uh, for your for your sake, uh, I'm not the one making the decision. So you're going to have to convince somebody else. Oh man, you know, we'll, just, we'll we'll see what happens. But right now, me and Gators, you know, we got a little tough road ahead of us. We got number two seed, so you know we're. We got we got a first first home game, you know, for the playoffs in the first round. We're at home, um, and then we got a tough road ahead of us. So, you know, we're gonna be road wars for a little bit. But, you know, we if you look at these last couple of days of practice, you know, um, you know, even with the loss to to a rival, um, our practice have been phenomenal. I mean, our, our kids have been great. Um, the community support's been great as well. So, you know, all things are not lost. You know, that's that's what we've been preaching this week. You know, and that's that's one thing that uh. Our, our University of Georgia head coach has been preaching the whole time. No complacency. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah, just keep winning. Nobody cares. Win the next one. Yeah, we got our first playoff game. Uh, it is actually the quarterfinals, so we skipped ahead a little bit. Uh, the way Division II AAA works in Middle Tennessee is there's only 11 schools in the entire classification, so we just reseed it and play it. We got to buy, so – we got to buy into the quarterfinals. There's only four rounds if you count the ones that. So you only have to win three games if you get a buy. Uh, yeah. Well, the other teams already played. So yeah. We're well, basically a play-in game. Really. Yeah. It's, it, it's a play. There was two play-in games. Mm-hmm. 
um, which I don't know, it's kind of weak. I, I I just think they should skip a week, give everybody a buy, just start it at eight, and let's roll. Yeah. You know, I, you know, these play, like if you had to, if you're in that situation where you would be in a playoff play in game, have a nice time. <laughs> I, I just think it puts everybody in an equal playing field. Um, and just, I mean, there's really no buys. You just kind of, everyone just kind of gets an extra week. So you count as a buy. I don't know how you would classify that, but yeah. you know, you give everybody a chance, you know, which, which I'm all for. You know, it's about the time where you have upsets, you know, every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a team that you didn't expect to win, um, to win out of that lower seat. So, um, and it gives you an extra time to, you know, get game film on because obviously you guys have played each other already. Um, yeah. Kind of happened with us at Valwood, too. Um, the year we played for State, you know, we saw the field again because they won the play-in game. Um, yeah. We had just seen them, like, a week, like two weeks before that in their region championship game. So, um, I like it. You know what I mean? Give you an extra week to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, it's really hard to beat a team twice, so that team, you know, may have a chance the second time around. Yeah, uh, unfortunately for us, that's that's a scenario that we have to contend with because we're we beat this team in week two. And and the great thing about our situation is, uh, we have uh, the pool, the Hubble pool, where our entire mm-hmm. league is in the same yeah. pool. So we got and all games we get uh, pre- we get sideline and end zone copy. Of the games, so everyone in Georgia because we the the trading of film in Georgia is absolutely poop. Um, yeah, you, you just like, need a league pool, man. Just try to yeah. get film, and they send you like half the film, or it's filmed from like the stands or something. You know, so I think that I think that's what you know a bunch of the coaches are trying to lean to is trying to get a part of that huddle pool. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. I mean, there's no. There, you don't have to go through back channels to get film on your opponents. You just everything's there. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees everything. Like there's no, like you just put your stuff in there, and you know. So yeah, the uh, the person that manages the league pool is also very very strict, and he, like if if you don't have it in by a certain time, the pool locks and you can't get any film that week. Holy struggle bus. Yeah. Or like if you have a streak of like just really piss poor film, mm-hmm. they also kick you out of the pool. Oh man, sucks this up. Mm-hmm. So like everyone has to be on top of their A game. Yeah, the video gotta be prepared. Yeah. Now, if he communicates ahead of time that there was some unforeseen issues, there is a little bit of leeway. Um, but just like if it that's if it like becomes a every week thing. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. Knoxville like, Catholic got in trouble because it was an every week thing. They, they would they wouldn't get their film up till Sunday, and they finally got their you know what together. And didn't, do get, it. didn't get didn't get kicked out of the pool, but you need a little nudge every once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while, just get a little nudge. That's right. Well, uh, speaking of nudges, uh, we are presented by BetOnline.ag, your number one source for all your sports wagering needs. Uh, if you want to bet on it, betonline.ag has it, including online casinos as well. So what you need to do is if you want to place a bet on a future or a live, live in-game or prop or anything, head to betonline.ag on your computer or your mobile device. Enter the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. So, um, interesting, very interesting game uh, this past weekend. You were in attendance. I saw the pictures. Very, very good seats. Um, it pitted number – well, should be number one, but number two, Georgia, versus number 12, Missouri. And a, th- a few brief takeaways before we really kind of dive deep for me is, A, Missouri is for real. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure if they were or not, if it was just they were just not playing tough games or they were just beneficiaries of a, of a light schedule, much like people are talking about Georgia being. Uh, but they're not. Brady Cook is legit. Um, Schrader is absolutely legit. Uh, everything that happened, um, the guys on the Unwritten Rule podcast told me was going to happen. Connor Schrader uh, running – running and running and running and running and running did happen. Luther Burden was a problem early on, but I think we figured out we're great secondary, so we figured out how to how to take him down. Uh, but Georgia's offense, man, just continues to move the ball very, very effectively. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you take away a few handfuls of Carson Beck getting hit or getting sacked and getting taken to the ground by a very good defensive line. I thought this offense was – absolutely brilliant we'll start there man like from your seats like what what did you see offensively uh that we did very very well um i think we stuck to the game plan you know that's one thing that i noticed that missouri did as well um they didn't panic um they just they just kind of stuck to their guns um coach Moore from missouri their offensive coordinator did a really good job scouting um he kind of knew where we were deficient at um it took it took a really good advantage of our zone coverage um, which for some reason we're, we're still not very good at. Um, but um, just I'm going to just start with the defense. I think a lot of times on the blitzes we didn't get home um, because we just weren't taking good angles. You know, I don't think we took into account how good um, Cook was at scrambling, um, how efficient of a runner that he is, um, which I'm very, very surprised at. Um, but – at the same time, you know, we got it together toward the end and um, figured it out. So um, there was a lady behind me that completely just told the defense what to do every single time. Um, <laughs> so she was she was really really loud and kind of obnoxious. Did it include uh, tackle him? No, she wanted the defense to have a shadow for the quarterback, which for some reason you know you can't really have a shadow if you're blitzing. Yeah, yeah. Last I heard. Well, uh, when you become the head coach at Tift County High School, I, I know you're the first hires, <laughs> right? Not that lady. Trust me, not that lady. No? Oh, she had she such did. good advice, though. No, she was awful. She, she had she such good, good advice. Well, and what makes it so bad, you know, there was a, a kid from Cedartown. Um, I want to say it was Nick Chubb's little cousin or something that was sitting next to me. Everybody's, um, everybody's Nick Chubb's cousin in that town. <laughs> and I had to make sure I reiterate that uh, – all Georgia fans don't act like that, buddy. So, you know. Yeah. I know she's being a little a little aggressive at this particular moment, but not all of them are like that. Yeah. It's it's bad. Like and it, and it's never never the alumni. Or I don't say never. Never such never such an absolute word. It's rarely somebody who went to the university. Let's just put it that way. We have we have our warts. And we have our yes. alumni warts. But for the most part, we you know, it's the it's the sidewalk fans, the 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 rednecks that have nothing else except this, and they live and die based on 
this. Yeah. And they're the ones yeah. that just they're the ones that are shouting. They're the ones that are screaming, run damn ball, Bobo, or um, you know, every every third down we're gonna run a draw up the center's butt. That that like that's that's what you get. <clears throat> and it's not draw, by the way, in case anybody's wondering. There's a thing called zone that we run. Um, that if it's blocked right, it's a beautiful thing. You know, Kendall Milton scored on it. You know, so um, after she said that Bobo was predictable, like two plays before that, Kendall Milton scored on the very same play that she just said that he was predictable. So, you know, you know, you know who else to give you a baseball example, and and, and uh, since you're not a Braves fan, you might not understand this one. Uh, you know who else was predictable? Greg Maddox. Yeah. You still couldn't touch it. You still couldn't hit it. Circle change is deadly, man. Yeah, he goes, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw an 89-mile-an-hour sinker. And you ain't going to touch it. You ain't going to swing at it. Like, it like it doesn't matter, honestly. It doesn't you, can, you still got to stop it. And stopping Kendall Milton is no easy feat. Yeah. Dejon Edwards, dude, I, I don't know, like, what happened to him over the offseason. Holy cow, dude. Like, he got some sort of burst that I've never seen before. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's got the burst that, you know, I remember seeing when he was in high school. He never gets it clean. You know, he, he's always wiggling through things like that. So, I mean, he, he had a great game. I'm um, seeing Lad McConkey come out and do what he did. Um, Oscar Dell had a great game as well. And, I mean, for for the most part, I, mean, I think the offense was very efficient. You know, some you wish we'd have scored a couple more touchdowns in situations? Absolutely. Um, there was one where – uh, Brock was, um, he was throwing a rah-rah, but uh, I love it was wide open right in front of him as well. You know, so it's just one of those things that you miss every once in a while. But other than that, I mean, I think the offense was very efficient. I think they, they stuck to the game plan. Um, and, you know, we put points on the board. The, the biggest thing that you want to end with on an offense possession is with a kick. It's a field goal or a punt. Yeah, exactly. Or PAT, which is the same thing. So yeah, I I think you know, I I agree with you. you know, that there's some if you if you really broke down the film, and I'm sure Coach Bobo and uh, offensive staff are are probably working with Carson Beck and saying, okay, you missed this one, you missed that one. You know, I don't pretend to know what the primary read is on every single concept, but I, I thought Carson Beck was pretty dialed in. I thought he had a really really good game. I thought the protection was on point. Uh, I thought the run blocking was was really good at times. Um, still wish we'd be a little more consistent with that, but you know, I can't complain too much um, on that. Yeah. You know, if, if I had to gripe about something, if I had to nitpick, because you know we're coaches and we do that, um, you know, I would say just be a little more consistent on the on the run blocking. Uh, you know, I, I thought we spread, I thought we spread it out very, very well. Um, mm-hmm. Not only to Lad McConkey, Ra Ra Thomas, Dominic Lovett, Oscar Dell, and the two backs. Uh, yeah, I thought we, you know. Rosemary Jackson. I thought we, I thought we spread it around very, very well, and I thought we were effective and efficient there too. And so, absolutely, I, you know, Brock using his legs in a couple of situations to get out of pressure situation, mm-hmm. you know, and and people forget how good Missouri is now. People forget that the game last year, um, again, couple last two games a couple years ago, you know, Missouri was a tough team. I think Coach Drinker was doing a phenomenal job with the group. Um, out of all the teams, you know, on the backside of the schedule, I think Missouri's the one team that scared me the most, um, simply because they've had our number the last couple of years. You know, so yeah. 
for them to come into Athens the way they did. Um, the, bit, the stadium was beautiful. It was a run out. Um, first to come out with a victory. Um, and our defense stepped up the way they did. Um, it was a beautiful thing to watch. I think it was Stackhouse getting the interception and rolling down the sideline. Oh, God, rumbling. You should have heard the stadium go wild as soon as he started running. Yeah, um, I hate we got that penalty, though. Yeah, and those refs were – were uh, they were something. They, they, they were something else. Let, let me ask you about this. Let me ask you something. And I'll, I'll tell you how we do it in Tennessee. The TSSAA uh, officials uh, call it this way. I'll, I'm going to ask you first before I tell you. The GHSA officials, how do they treat pass interference? Um, it's very rare that you get one now. Um, it has to be pretty much a blatant pass interference for you to get it. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of times, even as as a receiver, you know, there's a lot of times where I don't think it's pass interference, but they call it. And when I do think it's pass interference, they will call it. You know, it has to be pretty much blatant um, for them to call it. Most of the, it's it's not the petty stuff that you see nowadays, um, where a DB like grabs a receiver or um, there's no face guarding rule anymore. Um, as far as I know, you know, sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. But the one on, I think it was Bullard, uh, was it, or, or um, Humphrey, the one on Humphrey was that's absolutely that's Humphrey. Um, that was terrible. atrocious. That's why I'm asking this question because in Tennessee, you, you absolutely, you, you almost have to murder the guy. Yeah. Yeah. The one on Humphrey was, was absolutely terrible. I mean, he, he didn't even touch the guy. That guy actually pushed off on him. Um, and I saw that from my seats from where I was, and it was on the opposite side of the field. Yeah, um, I, I just I just wish they would getting, call it like yeah, they do in high school. Too, too technical with it, I think I think is the right yeah. word to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, you, they, they got, they're, play, we're playing football at the end of the day, so it's a very physical sport. You know, as long as the guy's not completely just, you know, dismantling a guy, you know, as far as getting off the ball or trying to catch a ball, I mean, I, I don't think everything is past interference. The, the whole defenseless you know, receiver thing when Buller came across and, and hit the receiver over the sideline. I'm surprised we didn't get a flag for that one. Um, so, you know, I think everybody just needs to calm down flat with passing interference because I think it's starting to get out of hand um, really, really bad. You're starting, to put, you're starting to put the game in the ref's hand at, the, at this point, I feel like. Yeah, you just – there's no there's no definitive pass interference. Like, in the state of Tennessee – with our high school games, like if there's a little bit of jostling and if there's any inkling that it could be mutual jostling, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to, they're going to swallow the whistle. They're not going to call it. Yeah. They're, they're going to look low. It's kind of, kind of the same thing here. Um, you know, unless you're directly impeding the receiver from catching the ball, I, I don't, I don't think it's pass interference. The one on Ron Thomas, that was definitely pass interference. Um, Cause what that cornerback did was illegal in all 50 States. Yeah. Um, so, jail time. That, that was definitely fast interference, but one on Humphrey, I just don't see. And then the phantom running back um, pass interference call that we got um, that they eventually picked up. Um, I told one of the guys in the stands, he said, uh, how does a running back get past interference? I said, they don't. Um, yeah. That was a screen, first of all, and yeah. I don't understand how you even remotely get that. Um, I know Gene uh, Stessator tried to explain it, but it still doesn't make sense because it's a screen. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was struggling with that one. I think he was trying to make up for his boys. Um, I said, what's probably going to happen is that they're going to pick his flag up and the penalty, and they did. Yeah, good call. 
because it's a running back throw. And whether you even if you're throwing it away, I mean, one, he was out the pocket, and two, there's a receiver in the vicinity. Mm-hmm. So but, it's nothing. It's a no call. It's a screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So those can be behind the line of scrimmage. Those can be at the at the line of scrimmage, beyond the line. I mean, it's, it's a screen. Yes. It's a very, it was a very, very weird situation. I was, I, I, I had to double take to the TV. I was like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. What? The whole, the whole stadium was confused on how you get running past the face, especially when they call number 30. I was like, how did Dejan get a passing trance call? On the screen that he was catching. Yeah. And, I, and I'm confused on the block in the back call. Like, did Smile Mine hit a guy in the back on the interception? I'm not real sure that he did. Because I'm still trying to figure out where that penalty came from. Because we went from being on three to them to it being a spot foul, which the spot was not even right when they threw the flag. Yeah. Like, they, like we should have never been in minus territory. It was everything happened on the plus side. And even with the even with the block in the back penalty, it still would have kept us in, in plus territory, I believe. Confused. I watched the game. I rewatched the game last night, and I still couldn't find what happened in that play. Whatever. Uh, we came out with a win. I'm I'm very very thankful for that. Um, but let's put a bow on that. Let's talk about Ole Miss. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start on the defensive side of the ball because that's going to be the biggest question mark here. Jackson Dart. They come in with a highly potent offense. I'm going to go on locked on Ole Miss uh, this week and talk about the game, but. Uh, defensively, I mean, honestly, you have Jackson Dart and Quinshawn Judkins. Those are the two you need to stop. And with the interior defensive line that we have, they're playing some great football at times, and then they're playing some very head-scratching, confusing football at other times. And game to game, you don't know what percentage you're going to get the great plays versus the head-scratchers. And Mm -hmm. That's the most concerning part about me because Connor Schrader had a really good day running. And Quinshawn Judkins is better than Connor Schrader. <laughs> and Jackson Dart is better than Brady Cook. The receivers are just a lot. They don't have a Luther burden, but when you have Jackson Dart at quarterback, it doesn't really matter. So yeah. um, it's a high-powered offense. Lane Kiffin's done a tremendous job there. What What's the game plan to stop Ole Miss's offense? I think it's going to have to be a lot of communication. Um, I think a lot of times um, Missouri caught us with our pants down. You know, they did a great job of scouting us. Um, they, get a, they did a great job of, of of running to the bubble, as I would say. You know, we they would always run to a point where we, we never had an edge setter um, or mm-hmm. if somebody was coming to set the edge, it was a DB. You know, mm-hmm. so I think at some point we had to get in – you know, I know we're a we're an odd defense, but at some point I think you got to go either bear or bring another defensive lineman in um, yeah. to kind of set that edge instead of having like Tucky Smith um, or Buller coming down to try to take on a 250 pound um, tight end because you know Ole Miss has a really good one as well. Um, loves to block and you can catch the ball. So yeah. at this point, I think it's important to where all right, guys, we're basically in this game we're getting ready to play Alabama in SC Championship game. So we know what Jalen Miro can do. We know what Jackson Dart can do. So basically our game plan needs to be very, very similar to what we're going to do um, to Alabama this, you know, this week right. going this game. Does that, mean, does that mean shadow the quarterback? 
Um, I don't think you shadow that guy. You know what I mean? But I think it, we got to just take better angles. You know, I saw a couple of blitzes. Yeah. You know, um, we're we're just we're just not keeping contained. Um, yeah. One thing about Jalen Merrill and Jackson Dart, they're both really, really good runners. If we think yeah. that uh, Cook got out and can run down the sideline, those guys are going to score touchdowns. So yeah. it's very, very important that we have gap integrity. Um, I don't think you have to put a spy on anybody. I just think you just have got to have keep contained, play and have gap integrity. You know yeah. what I mean? Make sure you take care of your job. There's a lot of times where we were stunting and stuff and guys were getting out of the gaps, um, you know, which was fine. But at the same time, if you you have to get some quarterback, you know, Jackson Dart is very, very dangerous with his arm and his legs. So, um, and we got to be very, very disciplined on the back end, you know, um, on the hit that Buller had, you know, Kamara Lester, I don't know if he was playing Reed or he was playing two sync. Um, don't really know what was going on. It, it had very second and 26 um, nightmares for a second there. Oh, but um, yeah. You know, it's one of those deals where I think he thought he had safety help, but he didn't, you know. So we got to figure those things out going into this week. And everybody just got to be, you know, in terms of the details, um, making sure you read your keys, um, because we all know Lane Kiffin is an offensive guru. Um, say what you want to Alabama, still running his offense from when he got there. Um, and just be smart, you know, no dumb penalties. Um, Hopefully, um, Dumas Johnson is able to go this week. Um, but that show did not look good when he came off the field on Saturday. No, not at all. And hmm. yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I think to further your point about gap integrity, I, I think when you, the times that we did get home with stunts or blitzes, guys were not showing up under control and cook would just, sidestep and, and go uh, I, I think if you're you're gonna have to be a little bit more controlled with your blitzes so like when you get home you're gonna have to break down and kind of try to contain him and try to try to force him to slow down and then keep closing the gap and then and then accelerate through through contact which if we can do that i think we're in good shape we did that with bryce young uh when, when we blitzed him in the national championship game we were able versus the SEC championship that year, we weren't able to contain him. We ran by him. We did flybys and things like that out of control. He ran for a million yards. In the national sure. championship, we we get home, we close in the pocket on him, and 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 that that's all she wrote. So if we can do that, I think we'll be in good shape. I think uh limiting w- limiting Quinchon Judkins from getting downhill, make him jump cut and go to a second read on some of these inside zone plays. Where uh, where his aiming point is not open and he has to jump cut to the B gap or C gap, if we can uh-huh. if we can make him jump cut and 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 space him out, we have a better chance because we can recover on the perimeter, and then on on the back end, I I think I think you go man, I, I think you go man most of the time. We're good at that, and you you just you just send some heat, um, and then give some give some man looks and and send. Not so much heat, just to kind of give the illusion that we're going to send some heat and just, you know, just communicate on the front seven, make sure guys are gapping, you know, gap sound. And then on the back end, if you do play some zone, you've got to get way better. You got to find something that you're good at. I I think maybe those guys get lost in the uh minutiae of all these coverages and coverage adjustments sometimes. 
like you get cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four, cover zero, cover six, cover seven, cover eight, cover nine, cover 32, <laughs> cover three, cloud, cover four, box, match six, seven, read, uh, cover three, spin, roll, twist, invert. I don't even use all the coverages, especially when I do breakdowns either. No, well, like is like, one safety, one of the two. Yeah. I mean, you probably like this. It's probably an, an actual list of coverages. Like, there's a school right down the road that uses like I think they have like twelve coverages, uh -huh. twelve like, and nine of them are zones. Yeah, yeah. I think we get in trouble a lot on these zone blitzes. I think if you watch, if you watch us, that's where we get in trouble because mm -hmm. somebody's leaving and somebody's not taking a spot. Right, you know that, that's exactly after after watching it and kind of seeing the moving parts. When, when we rush three or four and we just play zone, we're, we're really good at it. You know, mm -hmm. when we play man, even when we blitz, we're really good at it. When we try to zone blitz, I think just people get lost. You know what I mean? And that, like I said, just goes back to communication of knowing exactly where you are, where mm -hmm. you're supposed to be at that particular time. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm 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 with you there, man. It's just gotta just gotta be a little bit more cerebral, gotta be a little bit more aware. And I think the more these guys play with each other down the stretch, especially, the more they're gonna get adapted to that. The more fires they're in, which they have been in the last few weeks, I, I think the better they're gonna get at communicating that. I mean, it's one thing it's one thing to miscommunicate against ball state, which you know, not to, you know. I don't know. You you probably don't, you're probably not as focused against Ball State because you probably don't have to be, right? Yeah, but you never want to play down to the level of your opponent. That that's that's where we're at right now. I think we. I feel like this group is a little more immature than the, than the past two years uh, teams, yeah. and I'm not surprised by that because you, you know you lose that many guys over the course of two two seasons. It's, it's going to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just the nature of what college football is. And these guys just don't communicate. I mean, these guys don't communicate well in general. Just to, this generation doesn't communicate well, just in general. And then you get a bunch of moving parts. You get live bullets. You get 92,000 people screaming at you. Or if you're on the road, you got 86,000 people at Jordan Air screaming at you. And you're, you're still trying to digest all the coverages and all the blitzes and all the pressures and all the stunts. And you're like, you're going to struggle at some point, you know? Absolutely. And then the other team, they, I mean, I, I, I'm surprised that they're allowed to have, like our opponents are allowed to have scholarship players. Um, it's amazing. How works, ain't it? Yeah. I mean, they give scholarships too. So like, they're going to like, they're going to make a few plays, even if you play things perfectly. Um, and you factor all that in and you've get, you get what you've gotten so far. And if you look at college football as a whole, that's what you've gotten. Like, there's no dominant team. Like, Ohio State's not really dominant. Like, Georgia hasn't been dominant. But we've been effective. Like, we keep winning. Ohio State keeps winning. They're effective. Florida State is effective, not dominant. So it's going to make for a really good college football playoff is my point. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, and offensively, just keep chopping. You know, stick to the game plan, which I think we've done um, all season pretty much. You know what I mean? So 
Now you always have these people who are, you know, they people are upset. People actually booed in the stadium uh, right before halftime, um, which is a, which is one thing. Here, here's the deal with that: if you give Missouri the ball, what more time than they had um, before halftime? There's a really good chance that those guys would have scored because we had to get in halftime just settle down. Um, yeah, you know. So, you know, did I like it? I mean, I think we could have, you know, pressed the gas and went. But at the same time, you know, as a, from a coaching standpoint, I completely understand what Kirby Mark was doing. You know, he was like, hey, let's push this ball down, flip the field, and let's get in the halftime so we can make our adjustments. Yeah. And for everybody that was upset, you know, that's the reason why you're in the stands and those guys are on the sidelines. Yeah. I mean, it's – you know, because they, they damn sure would have been upset if, if we had put the pedal to the floor, went three and out, and then they went down and scored and get, grab yes. momentum, that would have been a tough, tough uphill climb because they were playing really well at that point. And we were, we were kind of reeling a little bit, not like, not like too, too bad, mm-hmm. but like, had they, had they had any sort of points there or any sort of opportunity to score some points might be a different, different story. Like we may not have like, they get the ball after half time. They would have scored and would have gotten the ball after half time. Yeah. And so probably now, this momentum would have scored again. I yeah. I, I I've learned I've learned that Kirby Smart does actually know what he's doing. Um he's won a few ball games. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I figure in the sport of football. Twenty six. Twenty six now, I think. Oh, twenty six in a row. Twenty six in a row. Longest in the SEC. Undefeated at home. I mean it's, it's- I think if if there's anybody that knows what they're doing, I think it's that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna trust him. I'm gonna trust him. Kirby, I trust. And Kirby, I trust. Like I, I trust him. Especially like if you don't trust him after the South Carolina game where he said, "Hey, we're gonna get the ball five times. We're gonna score on four. Like if you don't trust him after that, when that happened, that man basically told you exactly what we were gonna do when we did it. Mm-hmm. Like two T. And and we even like went one better by not giving up a score because he that said part. we were going to give up one, and we didn't. So, yeah, Ole Miss stick to the game plan. Uh, offensively, you've been spreading it around to all your weapons, so it's like they can't really key in on anybody. Like if they load the box, they're going to get they're going to get McConkied. If they don't load the box, they're going to get a heavy dose of Dejan and. Kendall Milton, if they try to play balanced, like we're, we're going to find the middle of the field, like we've like we've done with Oscar Delp. Like I, I don't know that they play the middle of the field terribly well, um, but we just kind of have to just get in rhythm, stay in rhythm, get points when we can, flip field, make them earn every yard, and and just go. Don't do anything catastrophic, and mm-hmm. and you will win this game. And people and, forget that Ole Miss's defense coordinator was at Alabama. So we played them quite a few times in the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. that defense looks real, real familiar on that end. Yeah. We we we've 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 played against it before and it looks real familiar and it's not the same personnel. You you don't have Dallas Turner and Will Anderson <laughs> coming at you. Yes. You 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 don't have uh the Kool-Aid McKentries in the secondary and uh, Patrick Sertain Jr. back there. 
Brian Branch. Like you don't have those guys, those all those first rounders at Ole Miss. He has some solid. I mean, he has some good defensive players. I don't want to take anything away from Ole Miss, but yeah. So stick to the game plan, man. Just stick to the game plan, um, and everything will be just fine. Everything will everything will be just fine. So um, last thing before we uh, before we get out of here, uh, have you been have you kept an eye on basketball lately? I have, have you peeked a at it? little. I haven't peeked it. I've seen we got we got some dudes coming in. I think we did we scrimmaged the other day, something like that. I saw. I think we scrimmaged um, a couple days ago. Um, we got Dominique's son. That's awesome. The uh, little human highlight film of uh, real. Keeping Georgia talent in Georgia, man. That's all you got to yeah. do. And we're in it for like another top one hundred player from IMG. Like we're like we're Mike White is actually rolling. Look, man, all you needed was a breath of fresh, breath of breath of fresh air, you know, over there in the policy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, and you got the guy who's coming in who's who recruited, who who has been in the Atlanta area, um, which at the end of the day, all right, everybody's gonna come through the Atlanta area, all this AU stuff and things like that between Atlanta and Dallas, Texas, you know, all up through there. You know what I mean? That's where the big AU tournaments are. You know, and then have, building those relationships, you know, as you go along, as you're recruiting, as those guys coming up through through school is very, very important. Not only that, but, you know, hidden transfer portal, um, getting the right guys in that fit what you want to do um, with right. your team is very, very important. Because um, I think the last couple of years we brought guys in that we thought could just help. It didn't fit the actual scheme of what we wanted. But I think now they're actually doing their due diligence and actually, you know, screening these guys when they come in. Is this guy the right fit? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, and for the first time since I think I was in school, um, I think I'm actually looking forward to basketball season a little bit. Yeah, we're going to be pretty good. I'm, I might actually watch more than a few games because, I mean, we've been abysmal. And you know this. We've been abysmal for years. We've been abysmal. Mm-hmm. And abysmal in every which way you could be abysmal in. Like last year – we had zero interior game. It was just, it was just chuck threes up, and it was like a shoot around. Yeah. Um, and we were we were so depleted. So I, I like I, I don't really blame Mike White for that. Um, and knowing how he's recruiting, I'm certainly not going to blame him for that because now he has a fair shot to get some people in. Now once he gets these people in, then we can make proper judgment if he doesn't get it done. Um, but as of right now, I. I mean, he he's on trend with George Athletics at this point, so I'm very, very excited. Josh Brooks ain't playing, man. Standard is the standard, and that goes for every sport. Shout out to our soccer team um, for winning the SEC, SEC champs. Yeah, you know love that it, means? man. Yeah. First time, I think, I think it's the first time in history that that's happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like I said, the standard is the standard. You know, when you, when you start winning, great things happen. All the beautiful mm-hmm. facilities that are being that's being built um, in Athens right now. Uh, I think it's it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a great time to be a Georgia Bulldog right now, despite some of these naysayers. You know, and you know, I was telling our staff the other day, um, I played at Georgia, and I played during that time where everybody hated Bobo, everybody hated Georgia. But I want to fire Coach Rick. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, seeing things on the internet, people talking really don't bother me. You know, right. I survived that <laughs> that time. You know. What I mean? <laughs> 
Yeah. But the fact that we're winning and people are still talking just goes to show, you know, an appreciation of what we do. You know, Corey, you and I as being yeah. a coach because, you know, people don't see that stuff. No, they you know don't. I mean? People see that one day and they think they just they just know and have all the answers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, and, uh, and they don't. Just sit back and enjoy the show. And, you know, the, our fan base has gotten spoiled. You know, yeah. and I think I, I was telling, you know, Jim and I was sitting next to me at the game. I said, people look at all these scores, you know, 45s and, you know, people scoring 50 and things like that. And I'm like, that's not what we do. That's never right. been what we do. You know, no. did, did we score 60 in, in this national championship game? Absolutely, because TCZU's defense just basically quit. You know what I mean? But when you're playing the SEC, there's an avalanche. You have to actually play. I mean, look at yeah. the LSU Alabama game. You know, so it just goes to show you, you, you got to be on your A game every single mm-hmm. week. Yeah, you do. And anybody can beat you at any given moment. Um, poor Arkansas, man. They they had Florida on the ropes for most of that game, and they ended up losing it. Uh, that was uh, that was tough to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, it's – I mean, even, even Vandy will give you a run every once in a while now for them. They've got a good – see, Vandy's got a good young core. Right, yeah. I I think you know as bad as Clark Lee's team is this year, the uh, the youth movement in his team is actually starting to perform. He just doesn't have enough peep. He just doesn't have enough of them yet to really kind of make a difference. Um, and and a lot of them are on defense. They have a really good running back in AJ Newberry who needs to get more carries um, going forward. But I mean, they've got some guys in the pipeline. They've got Will Muschamp's son actually committed. Uh, quarterback is at he's at Baylor which is a, a private boarding school in Chattanooga. And so uh, they've they've got a little bit of help on the way. They've actually got both Chattanooga Division II AAA quarterbacks committed to them right now, uh, one from Macaulay and one from Baylor, so crosstown rivals. Um, nice. They're going to join forces at Vanderbilt. So um, they, they've, got a, they've got some good recruits coming in. So, like, I, I think they're, you know, they should be arrow pointing ups, mm-hmm. but – you, know, you you never truly know just how things shake out if they can do well in the portal. I'm not saying they're gonna. Ever, I'm not saying they're gonna win the East anytime soon, but they will be a pretty pesky team moving forward. So the point being is yes, if you don't bring it every each and every week in the SEC, you're gonna get beat, and you're gonna get beat in embarrassing fashion. And so for those who take this stuff for granted, don't because when this run is going to end, like we're not gonna go. 2000 2010 and oh yeah you know it, it's 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 going to end at some point yeah right and and that's not me being a naysayer it, it, it's going to end some point we, we we hope it's sometime next 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 season uh but at some point this win streak is going to come to a halt and when it does these win streaks these really long win streaks usually when they come to a halt they come to a halt as part of a and then you go into kind of a skid a little bit mm-hmm. where you lose two, three in a row. Yeah. And, I mean, and it, it'll, it'll be a little ugly. People want to fire Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they completely forget. We live in the world of what, are, what have you done for me now? You know, not, not what you did. We want, we want to know what you're, doing for, what you're doing for now. You know what I mean? So people want to, you know, basically just toss Nick Saban out the window. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they forget that this man has basically brought in you know, has been a dynasty in Tuscaloosa. And, you know, two years, I'd say two because I count this year, 
You know, yeah. you, you're having a subpar, you know, season. People just forget. You know what I mean? So, you know, people get spoiled. And I think that we've gotten spoiled with what we've done. Um, but it's not over yet. And I think this this team, you know, like you said, is a bit immature because we lost a lot of leadership off, you know, yeah. teams before. Um, but at the same time, you know, this is a very talented team as well. You know, right now we're winning with talent. And as soon as this team matures a little bit, uh, moving forward, um, especially going to the SC Championship and hitting the playoffs in that championship game, I think you're going to see, you know, a beautiful thing happen. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of growing up that this team's got to do too. You got a lot of new places, a lot of new faces in some places. You know what I mean? So we're going to be fine. I mean, we're undefeated. We're the number two team in the nation. Mm-hmm. You know, we can our own destiny right now. Absolutely. And here's a crazy stat. Three years ago, Kirby's, Kirby's record was 48 14. At this moment, he's 89 and 15. Mm. Pretty, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, stats there. Yeah. People just don't think you can coach people. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight, though. Israel, um, and uh, we, th- we, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank y'all for for joining us on this magical mystery tour that we call the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Network. Um, if you if you like what you hear, find us, subscribe, uh, find us on social media. I refuse to call it X, um, but it, it is. It, 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 find us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook, find us on anywhere that you get your podcast. Give us a listen, give us a view. Tell us what you think, and and hopefully you can stick around and tell a friend. Um, Israel, I hope to be hearing your round one recap as, yeah, we dominated and we're looking forward to playing fill-in-the-blank there uh, team next week. It's possible Warner Robins, so we shall see. Never know what might happen. It's a tough round two draw. (laughs) Absolutely. Then we got to go play Creekside. Um, That's another tough there. draw. That's my neck of the woods. If the, sort of. the chips fall as they may. So we're, we're, we are definitely road warriors. Let's just say that. And you're definitely going to earn this freaking playoff run. Here. Absolutely. Good Lord, man. And you got to travel all the way to Fairburn. Mm-hmm. Dang. That's a tough go, man. Yeah, Let's we'll travel to Chattanooga the, next week. On the bottom bracket, if it falls. Um, the way that everybody's predicting, we got to go to Jefferson and play. I feel the like that's a trip too. Jeez, that's a haul. Road Warriors, baby. We ain't scared. We ain't scared. Take the swamp to them. Absolutely. So. We bring we bring a, we bring the crew with us too. Now, like this, just an away game. Like we have a strong following that follows us everywhere we go too. So train on them all. Nice. Gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. So, um, but that's gonna do it for us. We're the Believe in Georgia Talks podcast on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. We thank you for listening. Hopefully, you have a great week. We'll see you back here next time. But until then, go dogs. Go dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.